You're listening to the Clon Bike Cast, born out of the Clonakilty Bicycle Festival and our community workshop, The Bike Circus. We're a podcast dedicated to exploring the beauty of the humble bicycle and what it can bring to our communities. If you want to find out more about our festival and the workshop, pop into the bike circus next to Spillers Lane or check us out on Facebook, Twitter or at clonakiltybicyclefestival.org. Today's episode was recorded in another inspirational community bike workshop, Bike in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. Behind me you can hear the hustle and buzz of the shop as people come in to learn to fix their bikes and use the library of tools. It's a colourful, vibrant community hub and Alison caught up with Tegan Moss, the executive director of the place. Right, we're here with Teague and Moss in bike exclamation point in Peterborough community bike workshop.org I think it is websites community uh, community bike shop.org yeah cool um, we haven't been here for three years and in the meantime we got our bike circus in Clonakilty off the ground so we would like just really want to come back and, and say a massive thank you because you guys really helped inspire us and get some of our paperwork together because we nab some bits off your website that we use to make our own membership forms and, and just check in and um it's covid time so we're here socially distanced in the back of the workshop um, and i just wanted to pick your brain about some your history of cycling and what's happening with bike sure that's it's awesome to hear that you know what i was able to share has helped you know as a shop that's all about teaching and learning it's so special that the the teaching and learning can include how to do this kind of thing yes. somewhere else so that's what I kind of want to talk about today. Maybe do like a just a podcast episode for any other anyone out there who's thinking they might want to start up or are thinking to start a community bike workshop. Because as we've traveled, you find them in all shapes and sizes. Like they can fit into you know they can start in a shed or they can. Have, I'm assuming you've grown to take this space because you guys have an amazing space now. Two stories, is it or three stories? Two floors. Yeah, yeah pretty great. Um, so maybe just a bit of background. What about cycling for you? And uh, any when did you start cycling? And what are your earliest memories of being on a bike? Mm. I I mean, as a kid, I definitely used to ride. I was homeschooled, and uh, my sister and myself and a girl across the street spent a fair bit of time riding our bicycles. We had a a big block of major streets that we weren't allowed to cross and we were otherwise allowed to ride our bikes wherever we wanted within that space. So um, riding a bike was definitely something that was pretty uh, formative for me around like 10 or 11. Um, I don't remember riding like in high school. It definitely wasn't something that was a part of my life at that time. Definitely uh, drove a car as soon as I could get a driver's license because that was better for my family. We were going to school at that point in time. Um, So had a very car-oriented lifestyle as like a young adult and uh, got back into riding a bike probably 11 or 12 years ago uh, when I built a bike at bike. Did you? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. It's the meat. This is good stuff. Um, so when you were, you're saying when you started cycling, was it Peterborough? Or is this where you're from? So uh, we're in Ontario in Canada right now, as you can tell by all the accents. I, I, <laughs> I blend in here. Yes, Peterborough, eh? That's where we are. Yeah? Is that where you grew up? Is that your, your memory? No, I grew up in 
Denver, Colorado. Oh, yeah. Um, I moved to Peterborough about 12 years ago, and that was around the time that I started riding. I had some roommates that were riding, and I started uh, dating someone who was into riding bikes, and uh, they were like, well, here's a place you could get a cheap bike, and um, yeah, I went and fixed up a bike. I sometimes, I don't, the, the sheet that um, you have that has the build checklist. I don't know if I sent you that one. Uh, one of the first things we check is the, is the seat post seized. Yes. <laughs> and that is because I, the first bike that I built, oh. it's a cute little Bianchi road bike. I did the hubs, the bottom bracket, the headset. At that time, um, we didn't have any new cables in housing. So I had like found old cables in housing to make work and uh, went to raise the seat oh, no. up to my height. Glass at the cycle off success. Oh no. It never moved. I know. We had so, one of those this summer, last summer, didn't we? So you check that, you check that early on. So, but then, so you, I mean, you learned that training here. Were you already into mechanics? Were you already? Um, my dad fixes things. Um, Actually, he's British. I don't know if you know that I have that. Both my parents are Brits. Oh, there you go. I have that connection to the, <laughs> your part of the world. Um, but uh, he fixes things. He And, I, you know, I was always exposed to, to tools, but uh, not bicycle mechanics specifically. No. So and did you kind of get hooked then as soon as you built your first bike? Yeah, I built my first bike. Uh, Clifford, who was running the shop at the time, was like, you should volunteer. And I volunteered on and off. For several years after that, he would like call me and be like, "Hey, we need some more volunteers," and I'd come back for a couple of months and then fall off of it. But yeah, I definitely uh, started at that time. Amazing. And how do you? How would you describe that you use your bike now? I use my bike all the time. I am a daily rider year-round. I ride through our Canadian winters. I run a winter cycling program called Winter Wheels. It is to teach other people uh, how to ride bikes in winter. Um, I absolutely think that riding a bike is the best way to travel and it's one of the best parts of my day every time I do it and uh, so it's an integral part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I've also gotten really into mountain biking this season. This is my second season mountain biking and I'm right into it right now. Like, Where would you go from here for mountain biking? Um, yesterday morning I went out to Millbrook Valley Trails by myself. It was like a beautiful fall morning, mm. 25 degrees, sun coming through the red and yellow leaves. How uh, far is that then from here? Um, it's about a 25 minute drive from mm. my house to those Not trails. Fun. There's some more trails that are a little bit closer, but they're a little bit more technical and I find the riding style at the Millbrook Valley Trails to be really flowy and, and enjoyable. Are I, those ski hills in no, the winter season? No, no, it's a hiking trail. Uh, yeah. There might be people that snowshoe in there. You might cross country ski on some of them, but like the single track is, it's pretty flowy. Like it's pretty tight turns. So it would be a bit silly to ski. We don't know these things happen around here. <laughs> and you, you joined us on the Wheel Women panel back yeah. from the Chronicle D Bicycle Festival in June. And you're saying about your Cuba bike adventure. I'm wondering oh, yeah. if you can, any bike adventures that come to mind. Where have you cycled? Where have you, you found yeah. that you, you like cycling the most outside of Canada? Well, I mean, that was my first bike tour um, was Cuba. I spent 25 days in Cuba this February. And um, it was really awesome. I chose Cuba. There's um, places to stay that, um, you know, you're not carrying all your gear. Um, People are very used to seeing bicycles on the road, and um, I speak a little bit of Spanish. I want to continue to learn, so uh, going somewhere Spanish speaking was important to me. So um, that was my big, that was my big bike tour. Um, yeah, I haven't really. Um, How are the roads? Bumpy in places, gravel in places, smooth in other places. Like it, 
Um, they were better than the reports that I had read. I think people had had pretty high expectations. Um, I did also have chance. I think it's in 2012 or 13. The World Bicycle Forum was um, taking place in uh, Medellin, Colombia, and so I actually went to the World Bicycle Forum. Um, there was like six and a half people, thousand people at that conference. Um, and went on a critical mass ride in downtown Medellin with 2,000 riders. Wow. So that was pretty wild. Um, riding in Colombia is like very, very different than riding here. Uh, there's a lot of um, like scooters, like uh, gas powered bikes. Yeah. And so cars are very used to sharing the road with two wheeled uh, things. So they're, they're very close to you. Um, but I always felt seen, which I don't always in Canada. Like sometimes I feel like cars are looking for other cars, whereas, you know, their cars were driving close to me, but I felt like they knew I was there. So it was definitely a different experience again. Cool. Yeah. So just to move on, I'm going to pick your brains about the bike, the workshop that we're in now. It's a yeah. community bike workshop. Can you tell me a bit about when did it start and mm-hmm. why, why did it start? So bike was founded in 2006 by a woman named Sarah Follett. Uh, she, on a bike tour across Canada, had um, stopped at the Right to Move in Montreal, which was another community bike shop there, and she was like, this is so great, every city needs one of these, and came back to Peterborough and started one. Um, she started sort of like mostly on the university campus and um, worked with uh, another organization here in town called Sadler House to do the first iteration of the workshop. They moved to a church basement where the, the shop was for five years. And then um, that church actually closed and that was the prompt to get uh, our own space. So we had another space um, just a few blocks from here. And uh, five years ago, we moved to this location here at 293 George Street in Peterborough, Ontario. And so that was... I think I read online you started in 2011 here. That's Yeah, that sounds right. So you're nine years kind of working with bike. Me, what, personally. Yeah. Oh, yes. I have been here for nine years. I just yeah. celebrated my nine-year anniversary on September 5th. Hi. Yeah. Happy nine-year birthday. <laughs> so what do you, what's your title now? I just wanted to, like, if you could maybe describe what you do, but also, like, how, the stru- how structurally bike works. Yeah, so I'm the executive director. Um, Bike is now a charity. That's actually changed since the last time you were here. We were successful in our application to move from a nonprofit to being a charity. Um, We currently are running by appointment due to COVID. So five days a week, you can make an appointment to drop in with your bike, and then our instructors teach you how to fix it. Um, Right now, our staff team um, is all women. Actually, that's not true. Yesterday, um, a man started working here yesterday. Um, So there's four women working here right now. Um, we got myself, we got uh, Madison, who's one of our open shop instructors, Jean, who's uh, an open shop instructor and also our volunteer coordinator, and then Amy here, who's our social media manager and online sales manager. Wow. So we're going to kick ass all women team. Noah started yesterday, and um, he'll be working both with um, our online sales and in retail. So just to like, I'm, I'm digging from my own personal to how we're running ours. So that means you're, you have five paid people who are actually generating income yeah. and then and everyone else here, there's volunteer. But I think that's, what's very interesting about bike. Cause when you go to different places around the world, you'll find totally different structures yeah. and whether or not it's all the volunteer or a mix. Yeah. So you guys have managed now to create five paid positions in yeah. the community bike workshop, which is pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome and pretty unusual. Um, definitely like. Um, retail sales have been a significant part of that. Um, you know, being able to find grants to subsidize different positions is important. Two of those positions that I mentioned are actually currently student positions. They're being funded through the university. Cool. Um, 
yeah, so I mean, it's a sort of hybrid model to find yeah. funding for different staff members and to generate some revenue within the organization has been really important to getting us to this place. Yeah. Yeah. And the university was a big part of that. You were telling us this yes. paper is a university town. Yes. So it's very handy to have university students that you can rely on for yeah. support. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but I mean, they are very different. Like Bike Pirates in Toronto is another shop worth checking out. Have we, you been through there? Yeah. We yeah. Built, we built bikes there. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. So, totally different. <laughs> yeah. I, I sometimes enjoy talking to Ainsley because we've both been in this sort of role of leadership within a community bike shop yeah. for a long time, um, but in very different contexts. Right, like she's been volunteering for 12 years yeah. at Bike Pirates. Yeah. yeah, we didn't get a chance to meet her, but that's what we were talking about. The guys that were there, I can't remember his name, but there's oh. Bob. Yeah, and they were saying one of the, the things they struggle with is yeah, they're all volunteers, so yeah. you just get I mean, it's burnout. Well, and you know, for in terms of like keeping a space clean and organized, mm -hmm. somebody just needs to be being paid makes a huge difference. <laughs> you know, there's another community bike shop in Toronto, I won't name the one, but they um, were having a hard time with the benches getting cleared at the end of the day. So they got rid of all the benches. Oh yeah, that's one way to do it. <laughs> it's just different, different solutions to the problem, you know? And uh, it's related to, to what you're able to do, you yeah. know, and how much capacity the people who are working or volunteering have. We're lucky, we've got Jack Kelleher, who's our head yard dog at the bike circus. And one, he calls himself a head, he's the yard dog. Um, and he, one of his things is keeping clean benches. He's meticulous. He's had lots of experiences as a mechanic and that's one of his things. So we, that's one of the things you get taught straight when you get in there. But what you were saying earlier, like women in, in bike workshops, is amazing because we've opened space in the last year and almost straight away, Jack was saying, you know, there's free apprenticeships. People come in right. and learn. It's a hundred hour apprenticeship course that he does. And there's nine modules and you have to do a hundred apprentice hours to get a certificate huh so but straight away right off the bat it's, it's women there's a lot of women oh, cool. coming in and it's you know just out of high school or between 17 and 22 it seems like even a little bit older um probably like six or seven women through now and to the point where a young boy came in and asked if it was okay for boys to come into the bike circus and jack just put it up online he's like wow we never thought we'd find this day you know you just yeah. one of the concerns early on was we want to make sure it's a, a welcoming space for everyone yeah and then it's it's wow. just been a space that it's, there's all these like really amazing women coming through being totally empowered by bikes building yeah. their own bikes and then like going off traveling and taking the bikes with them it's, it's been really, awesome it's been really see, like to see how it grows we it's, have it's been at, great. we have at some point struggled to have find enough women to be in leadership roles um like at one point in time we were trying to offer some women only programming and I was the only woman who was qualified to teach those programs at that time so it it goes in waves and it's really phenomenal to have so many women that are so skilled and passionate about bicycles here right now yeah cool and right now you guys have over 450 members I read online yeah you know what that's maybe it needs to get updated um is a higher it has fallen through oh. the course of covid um just because people haven't come in to renew their membership yeah. um we'll probably be looking at a little bit of a membership drive this fall just to try and get those numbers back up now that we might have a little bit more space um but i think we were at like 368 the last time that i checked you go very uh, accurate Report, yeah, recording I, there she's we, at her computer checking <laughs> now i just want to know <laughs> yeah so what do your members get? What is membership at Bike? What does that mean? Yeah, membership is $40 for a year. It means you can come in and use the Open Shop program, so that drop-in program anytime you like. Um, you have access to, uh, to all of our used parts, 
Um, and right now, actually in April, when COVID first shut us down, we opened a little tool library so our members can check out tools so that oh, they can take cool. them home. Oh, yeah. That's a very good idea. Yeah. That's a very good idea. Um, and then what's your, like, how, how, from the beginning, I suppose, a bike, did you find that you have to, I said now in COVID you have to advertise, but do you find that there was a community waiting that wanted this, or did you find you had to... Did you guys have to do a lot of promotion? Um, or is it- yeah, at different times we've done more promotion. Um, I'd say the biggest promotion we've done is just put handbills on bicycles outside of uh, places like the idea. grocery store. Like just a quarter page handbill, staple it around someone's handlebars. Um, but yeah. really like word of mouth is very strong about bike. Um, you know, someone will be new to town and say, hey, where do I get connected to? And Three or four people will say, oh, you got to check out the bike shop. So That's very good. These are the top tips I want. That's a good top tip. That's what we can do. Go um, stable things onto handbills. We've just printed our first lot of flyers. Ever, okay. So it's all getting very exciting. Handbills, you know, and actually, I, I find posters surprisingly effective uh, when, we've, when we've wanted to advertise a workshop. Posters, people see them. And then for, so for workshops, what do you think, what workshops do you, you guys have the earn a bike program? Yeah. And um, what would you, what kind of workshops have you run that you'd recommend as something that just like, they're just awesome. People come and you know, you. Our most popular workshop is by far the ABCs of bike maintenance. Um, we cover air, brakes and chain. And you know, we go a little bit more into depth with those things and you learn how to identify a loose hub, for example, as part of looking at air, you're looking at the whole wheel. As part of brakes, you start talking about cables and housing as part of the chain. You're talking about shifters as well as, as the cogs themselves in the, in the chain. Um, so I'd say that's probably our most popular workshop. Um, you know, and we run it in like a two hour format. Um, some of the winter riding stuff is pretty popular too. But I'd say an ABCs is a great place to start. Awesome. And the Earn a Bike program, just wondering how you guys fund those. Is that who pays for the bikes then? So the Adult Earn a Bike. Maybe tell us a yeah, bit about that. Yeah, Adult Earn a Bike is core funded. So that's a program that we pay for. Um, it's pretty low cost, really. Like if someone is using the open shop time, um, you know, like we're losing a little bit of revenue if that had been a paying member. But usually, you know, those bikes are getting cables, housing, a chain, some new brake pads, like your, your cost on those is, ends up being under $50 in most cases. So we core fund that program. Um, youth or a bike, because it is more staff intensive, um, has been something historically that's been funded through grants. Um, we're looking at core funding a session this fall. Um, I think we're in a position where we'd be able to do that. Um, but uh, it historically was paid for by the Ontario Trillium Foundation. So we haven't run the youth earned bike program in a while. So they'll be reclaiming old frames that you guys have downstairs. Yeah, I mean, we've had hundreds of bikes donated this season. Yeah, so you have just so many bikes that you can actually provide bikes for people to work on and give them an opportunity to build a bike for free. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a really cool thing to be able to do. We don't have the storage yet. And Jack refuses. We've got about a 10 bike limit for us, how frames that we can kind of store around the place. Oh, yeah, that's not very many. No. And we've had a lot of donations as well. We've had a lot of donations. Yeah. People just start coming in with bikes. Oh, people are cleaning up yeah, their yeah. garage, sure. you know, right? They got a little bit of spare time, rearrange a yeah. garage. I haven't ridden this bike in 10 years. Yeah. We're getting more and more hooks kind of on the walls. Yeah. We basically have a courtyard. Um, so it's outdoor space yeah. with a few overhangs. Mm. So it's beautiful, but you know, you can't just leave bikes sitting outside. Yeah. It won't work. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you guys about you, I saw somewhere on your website, you guys have, you've been supplying the bike fix it stations Yeah, around Peterborough. Yeah. Areas, I think, is that right? 
And we were thinking of getting one, but one of the concerns is, will it just rust to pieces and do people nick the parts? So would you recommend, we think it'd be great to have one, but yeah. what's your experience? Um, honestly, my experience is that I think they get used a very limited amount, the tools. Um, so it's really nice in principle. I don't know how much use it actually gets. Um, the pump is probably the most frequently used thing, but um, there are many people who don't actually know how to use a pump. Um, and so you get people who get really frustrated, it's broken, and then you go out and you check it and it's not broken. Um, so we currently actually don't have any pumps out in Peterborough. Um, they are difficult to maintain. The yeah. pumps are difficult to maintain. Okay. Um, if you buy a professionally made fix station, they're pretty expensive. I don't know that it's where I would recommend investing your resources. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's good. That's top tips from the pros. Thank you very much. Um, I'm just looking at my questions I had here, and I've, I've kind of kind of gotten loads of them already. Yeah, well, yeah. with the fix-it station thing, because we were thinking that one, I was remembering one night in, in town this summer, I had gone to collect this lady who had emailed us who was on like a round island bike trip and had a huge problem with her spokes breaking and stuff. Yeah. And then I'd gone to collect her, found her, and then on the way to take her to the workshop, a couple of guys with like real nice Campanolo shirts on them were like, oh, do you guys know where there's a bike workshop? And I'm like, follow me. And I just kept, kept collecting people and bringing them in. And I was like, this is probably better than having a fix-it station. Just have someone who goes around and going, come this way, you know, workshop here. And then they all got to fix their bike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, I, the fix-it stations have limited. Yeah, utility. exactly. And if you yeah. need to do anything more than One, if you don't basic. know how to do it. Yeah, you're in trouble, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Um, I just, just to end, just to ask you one more question. Thanks for your time. Oh, yeah. And we think you guys are amazing. It's great. It's really great to be back here. Um, I just like to ask people before we go for, um, where you see either, well, I suppose I was going to ask you already earlier, what kind of, have you seen a community developing in Peterborough? Do you see more bikes on the road since, since you started a bike? And where do you see bike headed? Is there like a new mm -hmm. program you'd like to run or... Have you guys got a project on the back burner that you'd like to start off? So, I mean, absolutely, we've seen a community develop. Um, you know, there are lots of different initiatives happening simultaneously. You know, culture shift more generally, you know, climate change becoming a more pressing issue, more and more infrastructure appearing in the city. Um, and we've been supporting people and riding bikes for almost 15 years. So it's hard to know what the confluence of those factors is, but I think a lot of times when you talk to people who have become commuter cyclists, the bike has played an important role for them. And, um, you know, this spring someone was griping about us being closed and I was just like processing it with a member and she was like, I can't even imagine what Peterborough would be without bike. And so there are people who identify really highly with what we do here and see the value in it in a way that um, is difficult to, to make tangible. Yeah. So so absolutely, I think bike has influenced the culture of, of this community and will continue to do that. Um, in terms of projects, like I think on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, figuring out the structure that allows us to be less and less reliant on grants to support our programs is, is my biggest goal. And it's not like a, you know, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't have the, sh the, the shine that some yeah. other goals might have, but um, figuring out what that balance is to support the capacity and make the programs, you know, pleasant to in, in, engage in. And um, so, so 
making it really sustainable, I think is, is probably my biggest goal. If I wanted a like big dream for Peterborough, I would love to see a bike skills park in the downtown core. Um, I would love to build a pump track. Um, it's got yeah. some, cool. some nice features in it because I think that could be great. Well, Peterborough seems skills. to be, by, I don't know, Canadian standards, it seems to be a pretty bikeable and bike-friendly city. There's a lot more bike paths and you guys have really nice parks. Yeah. Um, so I, I want, is that grown in the, is that recent or? Well, so the bike paths, a lot of them are actually funded by um, service clubs, like the Rotary Club has been responsible and private donors have been responsible okay. for a lot of the, the separated trails. Um, I think there's a real need for the city to invest more directly. Is in... the city supportive? Do you, do you have any? We have one really strong ally at City Hall. She works, she's a transportation demand management planner named Sue Sove. She's been really phenomenal for growing cycling. Um, but the transportation department as a whole doesn't get it. Yeah. And, um, you know, figuring out how do we train city staff and planners who are traditionally trained to build for cars to start thinking about building for people and uh you know to, to shift that mindset that streets are for people whether that you're walking or biking um is something that we need for municipal staff everywhere um is bike involved in advocacy work like, yes yeah yeah so you guys are on to your counselors yeah. right putting in submissions and doing all those yeah when i have labor when i have time and so when it's important um yeah. you know and and broader advocacy like talking to the news when there's an issue yeah um you know i don't know if you saw the front window but the there's actually a review of our transportation master plan and the cycling master plan happening right now so the front window is full of display boards that are all about um the cycling master plan and how you can get involved so um you know some some trying to do some more grassroots engagement around yeah, that kind right. of stuff you're, you're a real hub. Um, all right, Tegan, thank you so much. Just let know, did you have any other questions? Do you want to tell people where they can find out about people in Ireland might be able to go on your website? Yeah, yeah. The website is communitybikeshop.org. Yeah, and not only do they have fantastic t-shirts hot off the press that are probably maybe being sold online. They are being sold online. They also have some of the coolest stickers you've ever seen. So we're probably going to we're gonna pop offline now and see if we can get ourselves some merch to bring back yeah. to Clone Guilty. Cool. Thanks, Tegan. Yeah, pleasure. That was Tegan Moss at Bike, the community bike workshop in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. Super inspiring. And now we're going to hear from our very own yard dog at the Bike Circus Clonakilty, Jack Kelleher, who's going to tell us about the apprenticeship scheme we're now running. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm Jack Kelleher. This is Graham Gilly. Uh, we're two of the three uh, mechanics who uh, work here at the Bicycle Circus. Uh, Today's event is the official inauguration and announcement of our apprenticeship program. We have an apprenticeship program where if you're keen to know more about bikes, you can donate 20, 100 hours of your time work, working here, go through, I think it's nine different modules we have identified of things you should learn, uh, and then build a bike uh, for yourself from the ground up. That, that done, uh, you, you become an, an official trained bike mechanic. This is a program for people who uh, already work on their own bikes and are keen to just learn more. And what we do is take you through all the basic things that you must know how to do 
in order to repair a bike to make it safe and to maintain it. Uh, Graham here has a, is modeling our our bike circus T-shirt. Those are available for 15 euros here in the yard. We have them in every size, including extra extra large. Uh, this is our brochure, which we will send to you on request. Uh, we'll post it to you anywhere in the world. The apprenticeship program is available to anyone who can work as little as one half day a week. You could take a year to go through the 100 hours or as much as full time. The idea is that in the summertime, uh, people might want to come here, camp in one of the nearby camps, explore the beaches around Clonakilty, and, in the, in, and while they're at it, uh, work here at the shop as apprentices. I believe we're the only active trainers of apprentices, bicycle mechanics uh, in Ireland. Uh, I know of no other program like this. It's hands-on. Learning by doing is always the best way. Mm. I've, inc I've included Graham because he's beautiful. He's eye candy, but, uh, but, but he's also allowed to say something provided <laughs> he's, he keeps it clean. Don't say <laughs> Don't say no, Don't even, say. no bad words, Graham. The, bike uh, the apprenticeship uh, scheme, it's a great introduction to bikes. It covers a wide range of topics. Uh, it's also a good starter. Uh, if you want to go on, uh, they do a city and guilds course in Limerick and in Dublin. And after completing the apprenticeship, I went on and did the city and guilds in Dublin. So it's a great foundation uh, if you want to go on further, uh, deal with bike mechanics and exploring. And there's so many different avenues you can get into. For instance, we very briefly will take you over uh, wheels, how to lace a wheel, etc., etc. Wheels are a whole topic in themselves, as are bottom brackets. You can really go into detail on these things, but the apprenticeship programme will give you a brilliant understanding and a good base grounding uh, to get started in the wonderful world of bicycle mechanics. Over and, to you, Dan. Yeah. And something, <laughs> something else that has to be said is that foundational to use of tools, tool, tool use, tool maintenance, uh, is a basic of all our transportation system. So if you have an ambition uh, to be trained as an auto mechanic or an, a helicopter mechanic, there are there are kind or airplane mechanics, there are people in transportation report, repairing all those things and trains everything that runs, everything that moves people needs maintenance, and the maintenance begins with learning how to use the basic tools that come with bicycling. So it's a good start for any career uh, in, uh, in working with vehicles. Of course, we hope you'll stay with bicycles. You've been listening to the Clon Bike Cast. Massive thanks to Tegan Moss and all the team at Bike in Peterborough, Ontario for treating us so warmly and sharing their inspiration and love of bikes. If you're inspired and would like to join our local community bike workshop, the Bike Circus in Clonakilty, head to clonakiltybicyclefestival.org to read more, or our Facebook or Twitter handles, The Bike Circus, or send us an email, thebikecircusclon.org 
at gmail.com. Or even better, head into the yard and join the community. See you next time.